Welcome back, everybody, to the Pause of That Podcast. I'm sitting here with two friends of mine. And uh, as most of you know, in March of 2017, I went on this personal journey after my relationships were suffering, my life was suffering, my body was suffering, my mind was suffering. The only thing I had at that time was a ton of money. And I decided to curb having a ton of money and sacrificing the next X amount of time in order to pursue, you know, what was really going on inside uh, in order to discover myself and, you know, try and really mentally digest everything I had been through for the prior 30, 31 years. So today we're sitting here with Leo and Veronica. Welcome to the show, both of you. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. So this is going to be kind of like a three-part thing where we're going to interview <laughs> one person interview the other person and then talk about their tag team tandem. My head's going to be on a swivel <laughs> this entire show. So I want to get into what you guys both do. So Leo, we're going to start with you. I met you first. Tell everyone a little bit about your background and what you actually do today. Tell them the truth. Don't tell anything <laughs> oh, out. the truth. Okay, okay. Don't leave anything out. Yeah, no <laughs> secrets here. So I'm a certified massage therapist. I've been a massage therapist for 20 years now. About 15 years ago, I discovered the world of meditation and the esoteric world, I was introduced to that. I was actually brought to a school that taught me a lot about this, and it changed my life ever since. So what I did was I mixed the two worlds. So I feel like I'm I'm like the beginning of the millennial era, so I understand the new world, and I combine what works from the past with the new. So if we evolve as human beings and technology evolves and everything evolves, then healing techniques and thinking techniques have to evolve as well because we're not living in the same times where the original ideas were created. So what I brought is a modern way of meditation. So I've mixed massage therapy with meditation and, well, you've experienced the results. That's why I'm sitting here today. If I, if, if, yeah, if I didn't experience it, I may be in a gutter somewhere or, you know, swimming in the Hudson River, either by choice or not by choice, you know? Yes, yes. So Veronica, tell us about yourself. So I'm a practicing social worker for about 10 years now. But I did I, a social worker once. <laughs> she thought she knew everything. She was 24. You and know, I was like, definitely don't know anything. It's, it's, part <laughs> of the beginning, it's, it's part of the beginning of our journey is that we, we want to diagnose everybody. And that's just kind of how, part of it. I have been practicing for, for 10 years. I, I received my license about four years ago and decided to take on private practice and build my own business. I felt like if I was going to do social work, I was going to go all the way and help as many people as possible. So I discovered in the middle of my social work master's the opportunity to do alternative healing methods, which was dance therapy, creative arts. I used drama therapy and really found a calling for myself in that because it allowed me to combine the things that I was learning in school with some of more of my creative side. And I realized that I really wanted to build a practice that was going to not only use traditional therapy methods, but also bring in alternative healing methods as well. And it's been really beneficial for my patients so far. So I feel as if I might know all the wrong social workers, right? And just, there's a good chance of that, right? I feel like most social workers... Mm get into it, like most professions for a reason or a purpose, like maybe you had a rough childhood or maybe you had a terrible relationship with your mother or father or aunt, uncle, whoever. So in your opinion, because we are raw and real, what do you <laughs> think got you specifically into this space other than to just help other people? Well, I'll say that I think in my experience, I grew up seeing a lot of very strong women, very smart women making some really I would say challenging uh, choices and decisions. And I, I just kind of felt like something was wrong. Like there was something missing. 
something didn't make sense. And I really, I think that began my curiosity in trying to discover, well, what's wrong? And, and why is it that, you know, we're so smart and we have, you know, all these options. Why are we choosing to go down certain paths that are not good for us? And that really became my inspiration. So, Leo, you're a fighter, personally, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, <laughs> right? Yeah. But you come... We got validation. <laughs> we, you come from a boxing background. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that journey and you know what took you and how far you went with that and then how you've evolved that and incorporated that mindset into today's world. Well, boxing you know, has been a big, big part of my life. You know, I do it now just for conditioning. I'm not in the field no more. I'm you know, 40 years old now. I boxed my whole life. It's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be champion of the world like everybody else. Mm-hmm. I sacrificed so much for the sport. I had problems with my shoulders. I dislocated one shoulder 23 times before I had surgery. It was so bad that, you know, if I sneezed the wrong way, it would pop out. You know, I was 19 years old when I had surgery. I got my arm fixed. I was like, all right, now I'm ready to go and do my thing. Six months into it, my other shoulder dislocated. This one went in, you know, this one went out like... Is that why you kickbox now? (laughs) (laughs) That's all I can think of. You know, after the second arm dislocated, it dislocated over 20 times as well. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to get surgery again. I got to figure out how to heal my body. So I started reading books and researching. And I realized that all this damage, I did it to myself. And that's what got me into massage therapy. And that's how I healed myself physically. Wow. Yes. Interesting. Now... We're going to be raw and real here. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're going to tell this whole damn story to the truth. You told me about the story one time where you were hiding behind a car. Go yes. into that moment that changed your life for forever. You know, it, it's, it's something that I'm not proud to say. I don't want to say too much. No, you're going to tell the truth, <laughs> all right? <laughs> you know, but I was homeless. You know, I was, I, was, I was kicked out of my house. I was homeless. I was a young kid. So this is what happened. So you know, I, I go, got to tell the whole story. I got to tell the whole story. So you guys might want to sit down for this. Yeah. So I'm kicked out of my house. I'm a teenager. I'm still, you know, it's summertime. I'm going into my senior year of high school. So I'm still in high school. I'm homeless. I'm three days out, no food at all. So I'm sleeping in the park. You know, I don't know. You know, I live with my parents my whole life. So I don't know how to be in the streets. You know, I had a girlfriend at the time and her dad was a pastor. So, you know, I went to her church, you know, to, you know, let her know what's going on. And she was like a spoiled kid. So when I got there, I was wearing rollerblades because that's how I got around. I'm a teenager. So she was offended that I went to church in rollerblades and kicked me out. So I'm like, I'm kicked out of church, kicked out of my house. I'm starving. So it was like <laughs> 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm just like animal. Like I'm like, I'm hungry, man. Yeah, rabbit at that point. And, you know, I see this man coming in his bike. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to take his bike and sell it so I can eat. And that's what I did. So, you know... You didn't just take his bike, though. I didn't just take his bike. I threw I threw a, a brick at the dude. I hit him in the head. He was a grown man, so he stopped. And he was like, ah, oh, what the fuck, you know? Bricks flying from the sky. So I'm like, in my head, I'm a kid. So I'm like, oh, shit, this guy could take a brick. He could take a punch. I'm out of here. So I ran, and I turned the corner, and I hid, like, behind some cars in the shadows. And he pulled up, and he, like, he could sense me. He's looking around, and he's angry. He's looking around. And right there, just like in the cartoons, when you see the devil and the angel in your shoulders, you know, it was like the devil was like, you know, take his bike, you punk, and nobody nobody cares about you. You're in the streets. You're starving. And then, you know, the little angel's like, don't do it. Because, you know, I believe in God. I was raised, you know, Catholic. So it's there and there and there, you know, and the devil won that conversation. And, you know, I came out of the darkness. And let's just say I took the bike. You know, I realized at that moment that I just fucked up. Like, you know, the, 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 my beliefs told me I fucked up. 
and my life was chaos after that moment. But the rebirth from that was what led me to where I am now. So I'm I'm grateful for that experience. How, how freeing was that experience, though? Like, I, obviously, it's dark in the moment. Everyone's been dark places. I know I've personally been there. You know. you know, in psychology, I've learned so much with Veronica about psychology. They, does they, she charge you, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> like, she does. Your bill she must does. be astronomical. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah. That's why I took the train here. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. So they talk about the dark shadow. What is the dark shadow? The dark shadow is this dark thing inside of us. We all have the capability of doing bad things. We all have the capability of doing the right thing. It's a balance because those two animals live within you and you have to learn how to control it. So at that moment when that happened, it was very liberating. It was very empowering because I felt like, wow, I'm a kid and I can, you know, overcome a grown man. So I felt powerful, but it wasn't it wasn't something righteous. So I wasn't proud of what I did, but I was hungry and I did the best that I knew that I could do at the moment because I didn't know what else to do. Survival mode at that point. Survival mode. So... What I've realized with time and through massage therapy and the meditation in, in the esoteric school that I went to, they teach you how to how to kill your ego. So the egos derive from the seven deadly sins. So every deadly sin is a, is an ego. Let's call it a demon. Right. In, in the in the religious world, they will call that a demon. Every demon has a legion of little demons. So it's little things that you might think is a little bad habit. But that bad habit is part of that big deadly sin. Right. And if you let these things escalate. They take a, a psychological form in your mind that you think you're hearing voices and, and, and that they're telling you what to do. And if you let it take over, you create such a personality that you become that monster. And then you do things that you didn't even know you were capable of doing. But you are capable of doing those things. And so everybody, everybody else. Most people are scared to. But if we didn't have law, a lot of people will be... Touch it with this with this screwed. dark matter, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think just from knowing you, I mean, I think that... Your ego less, right? I'm sure you have him. I'm sure you can confirm he has an ego <laughs> at some points, right? Of course, of but course. I know, like, with me at least, like, mm-hmm. there's no ego. And I think mm-hmm. I try my best to reciprocate that with you. I'm obviously, mm-hmm. you, you, listen, you got seven years because you're old as fuck now, mm-hmm. but you got seven <laughs> years on me of maturity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think not having that ego is why we get along so well because mm-hmm. we're not in like a constant competition mm-hmm. with each other. It's like, mm-hmm. look, here are my cards. Here are my cards. Mm-hmm. Here's how I can help you. Here's how you could help me. Mm-hmm. Let's like, you know, focus on the future. Let's not worry about what happened in the past. Absolutely, absolutely. And the whole thing is, I seen the dark side of me. I seen the light side of me. So I choose to f- entertain the light side of me. So now I can see the light side of you. So when I'm in your presence, I'm looking at the light side of you. So even if you're negative to everybody else around me, you'll be forced to be positive because I only recognize the positive within you, not the negative. And that's really how it works. So, Franca, let's say you met him during these dark, tough, challenging, <laughs> bike-stealing times, right? Brick-throwing times. Mm-hmm. How would you have diagnosed him? What, what kind of, like, you know, advice would you have given him? I think that, you know, under specific circumstances, it definitely calls out different parts of ourselves, you know? And I think that it's very easy to judge people in our world today, but... Honestly, I've heard a lot of crazy things as a therapist, um, and this is, you know, out of all the things, it's not the craziest thing that I've ever heard. But, you know, I also, I'm a little bit, how do I say this, reluctant to quickly diagnose people. I think that, you know, I... 
I'm a little bit on the other end of the spectrum where I just really think that we're very misunderstood. We have a lot of miseducation. And if we have the right tools and the right information, that we wouldn't have as many quote unquote mental illnesses as we do today. And so I'm, you know, I'm a believer of really looking at a person, you know, from from the whole picture. I read this thing on Facebook the other day and it said something along the lines of like, everyone's so quick to judge on someone's decision, right? Mm -hmm. However, nobody knows the options that were available at that time, right? And what I mean by that is this. Let's say, for example, if you need food, if you need transportation, you're sitting behind a car with no other option, no help. And this guy comes down the road with a bicycle and you know if you don't eat, you're going to die. Or if you don't get the bike, you have no money to get around and get food. To me, that you have two options there, right? It wasn't like, oh, well, I can call mom, ask her for 100 bucks, or call dad, have him PayPal me $50, or, you know, I can't go to my girlfriend's church. Like, you don't, you right, maybe at the point of which you, <laughs> on rollerblades, on rollerblades. Not even church can right, save them. Right. <laughs> like, people don't understand that once all options have been exhausted or potential options, like, you come down to a very life or death moment, you know, Absolutely. and I know me personally, I've made so many poor decisions under the gun, mm -hmm. but my options were so limited. It was like, okay, well, I have two options here. I'm not going to let this fail. So I'm going to do whatever it takes to attempt to prevent this from failing, right? What causes, obviously, judgmental people in this mm -hmm. world we live in to be so judgmental and critical without knowing the full story and mm -hmm. judging based off headline risk? I like, I like that question. Um, you know, I think that there's a big difference between survival mode and thrival mode. There is going to be different answers when you are, when you don't have certain resources available to you. What I think happens with people who are easily judging others is that they are missing something within themselves. You know, it's very easy to judge others when we haven't met the parts of ourselves that have had to maybe survive at that level. And, and I think that in order for us to become holistic and integrated, we do need to tap into those parts of ourselves. And we'll definitely have a lot more compassion for others when we do so. And I think that so many of us, especially, I guess, here in, in, in New Jersey, New York area, we have so many privileges. And it's, it's very easy to point the finger when we have all these distractions that don't allow us to look into ourselves. And I truly believe that. So how did you guys meet? Through work, actually. Through I was... brick throwing or bike taking? <laughs> it, was, it, was not, it was not that kind of work. Um, <laughs> I was recommended actually by my massage therapist to talk with Leo because at the time I was, like I said, building my practice around bringing some alternative healing methods. And I wanted to speak to the community about, you know, who's doing this work, who's doing energy work, who's doing massage therapy, who's doing, who's working with crystals, who's working with all these kind of other forms of healing. And she said, you know what, you should talk to my boy, my boy, Leo, he sounds like you, you guys sound like you will, you know, vibe. So I reached out and we, we set up a meeting. My capital one business banker referred me to him. <laughs> we started talking one day about spirits. I'm like, hey, you know about that? You know about that? You know about numbers? You know about angel numbers? She's like, yeah, I call Leo. I'm like, Leo, you don't know me, but I, I want to see you today. Yes. So 
did the first massage turn into more than a massage? I have to ask that question like day one. Be, be honest well, with me. Well, I, I didn't give her a massage. We actually met up to just talk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was supposed to be like a quick little you massage. Know, coffee. And we ended up talking for like six hours. So, wow. yeah. you know, she's a very smart interesting young lady you're, and, you're just working off that tab right now you know? it's like, all right, there's a ten dollar discount so you know um we hit it off i we I just, it just felt you know we were both looking for one another you could say mm-hmm. and it's like all right she seems to have what i'm looking for and it all started with work we started working together and you know after working with each other we realized you know like all right there's maybe a little something more here and 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 it's, it's great it's actually great do you guys work on each other I guess indirectly. I mean, was this not? She, she, yeah, she works on me indirectly, you know. And of course, I gotta. I'm make not talking sh- about sexually. I'm talking no, about no, like no, healing, no. right? Like, come on. Like, <laughs> what what are we talking about? about? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I get picked up on that, you know. Yeah, so you know, I've, I make sure that you know she's running properly. You know, um, the body being healthy and and feeling good is is very important. You know, for me, because if you don't feel good, you don't think good. If you look good, you feel good. And you play good. If you feel uh-huh. good, you think good. Right. If you think good, you do good. Yeah, yeah. And if you do good, you are good because we are what we repeatedly do. So you, I know you guys are a super dynamic one-two punch, right? Mm-hmm. For individuals, singles, couples, mm-hmm. families. Walk me through each scenario. Like, does somebody come to you first? Do they come to you first? Mm. Have you guys noticed different behavioral patterns in different approaches who's somebody you're looking to work with who's somebody that if they're experiencing these five negative life traits qualities or patterns should they reach out to you before i guess in my experience i will say that you know i I get referrals by word of mouth that's pretty much you know how i've been receiving work i will say that i guess i i see myself more as a bridge you know people bridging the parts within themselves is one one capacity. So a lot of the bulk of my my patients right now are actually young women, women in college, and also, you know, people in relationship, because bridging relationships, I think, is something that's always in the forefront of people's minds. They they want to, you know, have better relationships. They want to handle or fix problems that they have in relationships. And so then I guess my third target population would be young people. So youth, children really trying to connect with their parents because there's a there's a lot of disconnect right now, I think, between the generations. Very and so, wide gap. Yeah, definitely. And so that's how I receive my referrals. And then I offer the treatment modality that Leo has as, you know, an additional service within my practice because I do believe that energetically he's he's very good at helping symptoms of anxiety, symptoms of depression. We've been studying this a little bit in our work together and, and seeing really a lot of improvements. So does somebody come to you first to get their energy adjusted or do they go like talk it out first and then you revert? Yeah, pretty much, you know, just like you came to me, everybody comes to word of mouth. So people come, you know, from people that they trust. And people that come to me are people that already hit rock bottom. They don't know what else to do. And they looking for an alternative. And now they're, they're like, okay, what else is out there? Everything is energy to me. So I don't see, I don't see anything other than the energy in people's, you know, if you're negative, positive, it's all energy in your body. So you could be feeling horrible right now because you're going through stresses of life. So what I will do is I'll combine, I'll stretch you out, quick little acupressure here and there to relax your body. So now your body's relaxed. Now you're ready to receive the energy. What I do is I remove all the negative energy from you and put in positive energy and you feel it as I'm doing it. 
Now, this is something that I've been doing for a long time, but never really was able to express because nobody believed it. But now we have scientists turned spiritualists that scientifically proved that healing through energy is possible. And, you know, I have seen it and done it myself. And I've been doing this now for, for almost eight years. And, and, you know, I've helped over 6,000 people in five different countries. And it's legit, man. I, I have no doubt I can do it anywhere. I can work on somebody in the subway in the middle of rush hour. It does not matter. It's all energy. And I can show you how I do it. I can only show you. I can't explain it. Mm -hmm. so, so do you believe that every single person should incorporate energy work into their life at some point? Absolutely. Yes. Is there a time where it's more beneficial or less beneficial? It's always beneficial because it's just like a car. You're driving your car around. You need to take it for an oil change. You need to take it to for checkups because it's running the same way you're running. You're working, you're working out, you're doing different things. Your body needs a little touch up here and there. And that's why a massage therapist or a healer can help you stay balanced. Because, you know, if you over if you overwork your body, there's going to be side effects to that. So you need to make sure you're on top of that before it becomes into a serious problem. Now, you touched on the word mental health, right? And I think <laughs> the world has kind of just used that as a crutch, right? Or an excuse. Mm. Look, everyone has mental issues, everyone has physical issues, right? I don't care who you are, nobody's perfect. We all make bad decisions. We all try and do the best we can. And then most people eventually just like kind of throw in the towel, if you will, and give up, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then they're deemed, oh, well, they have you know mental issues. Mm -hmm. So how do you approach somebody that you believe has some type of dysfunctional mental process in their brain, I'm going to use that phrase, mm. in order to not only diagnose and unwind mm. them, but let them know that like, hey, this is normal. Like there's a lot of people like you that have this, like mm -hmm. you're not an alien, like let's try and help you. I think that for me, one of my my gifts and my curse is that I, I actually like to listen you're a big people. listener, huge listener. Huge listener. I came here like that. I, I don't know what it is. It's, it's just part of, I guess, my purpose and my path. But the problem, I think, today is that a lot of people don't know how to listen. Because if you really listen to someone, you allow them to really pretty much, for the most part, solve the problem on their own. And that's what therapy, or at least talk therapy, provides for people is it's a place to sort out their thoughts because a lot of us are not sorting them out. And so when you allow someone to just speak and and at least attempt to solve their own issues, then they feel that it's coming from them. They feel that, you know, they are the creators of their life. And, and I really want to inspire that in people because a lot of us, you know, are taught to look for external sources of help. And, and I think that what really it is, is, is mirrors, right? It's like people can show us different ways of healing and different ways to access parts of ourselves to move in better direction. Because again, like you said, nobody's perfect. Um, you know, I think I struggle with the, this idea that I have to show that, that I'm, you know, got it all together because I'm, I'm the therapist and, you know, but I definitely struggle. I have my own, you know, emotional struggles. And, and your client's leaving and you close the door and cry. <laughs> <laughs> right, I mean, well, uh, that's why I have Leo. Yeah. He's very helpful <laughs> in that way. Um, you know, because as a, as a woman, and I'm learning a lot about energy too with Leo is that I, I've learned that I absorb 
a lot of energy without even wanting to or necessarily knowing. Very Absolutely. Dangerous. And that I have to be mindful of that. And, and it makes me actually want to be more responsible for my own energy sure. and how I'm sharing that with others. So if we give people the opportunity to talk and we truly listen, then we really can get them to kind of figure out like, what that actually sounds crazy. Like I have a lot of people that say that to me when they just have the time to talk. Sure. I sound, it sounds like I'm, I sound crazy. You know, I don't know. I, I think that I can, I can go about it this way. And that's super beneficial. In, in relation to, you know, I, I compare everything. I always say if you listen to this, to sports, right? Because that's what I know for early on. And in the mortgage business, like my life's been comprised of, and girls. So sports, <laughs> mortgage business, like that's, those are the two things I, I'm an expert in, right? Or know about. So when I first started doing mortgages, I realized early on, like, if you just shut up and listen to the person, the consumer, the person that's applying for mortgage across from you, if you just shut up, they're going to give you all of their secrets, right? Mm-hmm. Where now, this is where like the killer side of me comes in, like the hustler side, where like they're going to tell me everything I need to know to be able to sell them to do their mortgage, right? <laughs> so even yesterday, a client called me up, I'm working on a deal for and he's anxious. First time, like you know, get really getting into like a bigger purchase. And he called me up. He's like, "Dude, you like the fucking mortgage therapist?" I'm like, "No, motherfucker, I'm the mortgage quarterback." You know, <laughs> but I'm like, "You're right." I'm like, "Look, this is just one emotional thing going on in your life." Unfortunately, when you find someone that listens, mm-hmm. that gives you their attention, Absolutely. that actually cares, and you know they're listening and caring. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you almost become like this. Posit, if you will, right? <laughs> Deposit that into your body. And you take on other people's problems, mm-hmm. toxicities, mm-hmm. emotions, really selflessly for no, for no reason. Because like, I, I'm here to do your mortgage. I'm not here to hear about any other problems or anything, you know? But I think that's what makes people more valuable. So like, the more you listen, the more people are going to give you their secrets. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is they're spending all of their time speaking and they're not even listening to the shit that comes out of their mouth. Mm. I'm like, wait, you told me X, Y, and Z. So what I always do is I take notes when I, I'm still handwritten when I talk to people mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then I email them everything that they said and then we'll reference it back. It's always it's been my process That's since great. 2011. It's like, I never said that. You never told me that. I'm like, really? Because I sent you these notes. You didn't confirm that I was lying. Do you remember having this conversation? Well, you know, there's 30 conversations in between. So that's the problem. People just have like diarrhea of the mouth and they're not listening to what they're actually saying. Absolutely. So do you find that as a problem with like their own healing because well, like they're not being realistic? Well, that can that can really indicate, you know, just anxious symptoms that can indicate, you know, that there's layers to this. You know what I'm saying? So so you definitely go through therapy as a process and really trying to peel back those layers. I mean, if someone comes in and they're frantic and they're they're emotional. I know and, someone and, that you speak to. Like that. <laughs> that, you know, it, it just it that can be one of the layers, right, that needs to be addressed and, and taken care of. And it's important for someone to have a mirror to reflect that back to them. How many people truly that you speak to on a percentage basis do you truly believe want to be the best they can be and actually are there to help themselves, honestly? It's the road less traveled. I will say that. I will say that. Yeah, very few really, really want it mm-hmm. and really want to put in the work. You know, it's like in back to sports. You want to be the best. You know you got to sacrifice everything to be the best. A lot of people are not willing to sacrifice everything to become their best. Mm-hmm. So they, they want people to do it for them or they want to do just enough and not give up this or not give up that. So they don't really want it. Yeah, I think it's interesting because we live in this, I, I think, in this space where we do have all these privileges to be able to do so much. And it's also our curse because it keeps us from really doing the work. It's the devil's playground. Right. 
It's like you have access to all of this and yet you are twiddling your thumbs. I think it's funny. So a little background. My dad was always like, you need to talk to a therapist. Like you're fucked up. You're fucked up. I'm like, well, I didn't make myself. <laughs> like I didn't like cause all these events that I saw or witnessed or was privy to. But like, okay, if you want me to see a therapist, I'll go talk to somebody. And this is, I'm talking like young, like, you know, late teens, early 20s. And I would sit there and talk to this shrink, right? It turned into me being her shrink. I'm like, wait, I'm paying you 270 an hour, right? Like, I'm confused here. Like, wasn't the right person. Mm-hmm. I went through probably like three to four people where I'm like, again, I have a very dynamic personality. I've been told that by multiple people my entire life. So it kind of shifted, right? Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really there to help myself, I was doing it to appease him and be like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, well, I went, this shit sucked, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that I had to work on myself. I was blaming everybody else, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. I, so, I, was, I wasn't self-aware, but mm-hmm. I also didn't have enough experience or time on this earth to realize mm-hmm. self-awareness and everything else. Mm-hmm. I knew things, but I didn't explore things, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure a lot of people that are listening have all talked to somebody, a therapist at some mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. What makes you guys stand out from like, hey, I'm showing up to my shrink office, sitting on a stupid couch and saying, hey, here's my money. Okay, you're in and out in an hour. What mm. separates those pretenders that know nothing that are actually the ones in need of shrinkage <laughs> compared to what you guys offer? I will simply say love. You could feel the love. You feel the, the trust. You're not being judged, which is the main thing. So, again, me exploring my dark side and all my sides, I came to the realization, you know what? I'm not perfect. And nobody knows this about me, but I know it about myself. So you know what? If we're all the same, everybody has the same thing. So you know what? I've done things that I'm not proud of. He who is free of sin, throw the first stone, right? So love is what we give. So when people come, they feel like, wow, like they feel accepted. It don't matter who you are. You're going to be accepted because I'm not one to judge you. So you're not going to be judged by me. And that when you feel comfortable and you feel loved, then you show your best side because you feel safe. You know, anger, anything hostile comes out of fear. So you do it as a defense mechanism. But when you're safe, you're yourself. And that's what we create at our space. I I say yes to that too. And I think that we're also dedicated to our evolving and growth. And I think that that, you know, also is something that's important for other people to see and, and be inspired by. So why do you think people, I know he said people don't want to sacrifice, but like, why do you believe people are coming to you? Why are they not really willing to sacrifice and put in that work? Is it because they don't see light at the end of the tunnel? Is it because that they're not at that certain point of their journey? Is it because they haven't hit rock bottom yet? They haven't experienced life to the fullest and really seen, you know, the pros and the cons, the consequences, and then the green pastures? I think what I've noticed in my practice is that most people are not well because of miseducation. They're misinformed. They don't have the right tools. And then even when people have the right tools, we are so, we really underestimate our conditioning. You know, we're very conditioned to be in the places that we are mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And it's a fight to go get out of that. Yeah, you're fighting yourself. Absolutely. And it's the biggest fight you'll ever face in your whole life. Yeah, um, you can't get away from yourself. Right. Absolutely. So... I think that there's two layers, you know, it's it's giving people the right information is number one. And then number two, you have to, you know, you, you have to have the will. You have to have the will to fight and to to fight for yourself. How do you guys filter your business in the sense of like a helpless cause that's not doing the work that shows up once every six to eight months mm-hmm. that you're like, oh, yeah, back off your binge, right? Mm-hmm. Versus mm-hmm. the person that 
shows up consistently that still doesn't put in the work but shows up and then obviously the person that shows up is consistent putting in the work and sees the benefits how do you guys filter out and when do you guys cut somebody off or do you not ever cut them off it varies you know the people that come and do the work and are showing up they see faster results the people that come consistently but are putting everything they eventually get it because we're helping them and little by little it's just a process until they get it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it clicks. Once you get the call, you hang up, right? And so a lot of people take a long time to pick up the call. And then the people that don't show up, if they're getting themselves in very reckless behaviors, they don't want to change, then, then we sometimes have to cut them off. It's like, all right, you're not listening to us and you're putting us at risk because we're Correct. trying to help you and, and you just come for like a quick fix and then go off the rails. So that is not beneficial for you have a lot of people like that. There's a few, not, not that many, but there's a few. Yeah, it's a, you know, it becomes a liability, you know, when someone's not stepping into their own power. And, and we really much believe that we have to meet people halfway. You know, we're not we're not going into the river and, and trying to pull you out, but right. we need to know that you want to show up. And, and sometimes, you know, them just showing up is is part of that. Well, how do you guys feel entering what you guys do into like mainstream? Obviously, people like are like, oh, that's voodoo. Oh, that's <laughs> bullshit. Oh, that doesn't work. And obviously, like, look, like I say, I'm not for everybody, you know. I think the most people that are open-minded to me, and again, I have a dynamic personality, so you might automatically see something and be like, oh, no, fuck him. But how do you enter this into mainstream where it's open-minded with the right people, with people that are like, I'm going to give this a shot? And how do you let people know that it's not voodoo and this shit actually works, other than me telling everyone, like, this, <laughs> like, this shit works, you know? When I started promoting this six years ago, that's exactly what happened. Leo went crazy. Yeah. He, <laughs> he, he, he didn't he could do this, he didn't do that. A friend of mine actually came up to me and yo, Leo, I know what you do is real, but you got to stop. People calling you crazy. And I'm like, bro. Did they I know c- you can kill them? <laughs> Did they? Like- Obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, bro, but I can prove what I'm doing. Like, I'm not right. selling horseshit. Like, I, just give me five minutes and I can prove to you what I do. But I get it. You come from being a, a fighter. Miseducated. To, oh, now I'm a healer. People yeah. are like, bro, this guy's yeah. punching people yeah, in the yeah, face. Now yeah, he wants yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when I saw it like that, I was like, okay, you know, I, I would think I'm crazy too. But I've just been doing it, doing it, and doing it. I just stop people in the street. I get people in the street to, with a mat. I'll be with a yoga mat. I'll be like, listen, give me two minutes, and I'm going to take all the stress that you have right now. And they lay on the floor, and they don't even know me. And I have somebody with a camera recording. And, you know, I, like I said, I've done almost 6,000 people or over 6,000 people now in five different countries. Everywhere I go, it's just I tell people, listen, come here. And they trust me because they feel the energy. It all comes down to energy, and I radiate love. No matter what's going on in my mind, my heart pumping out love because my mind is not mine. It's, it's just an accumulation of information and it's susceptible to get Wi-Fi information. So a crazy thought might come. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm in deposit that. Why am I thinking, you know, mm-hmm. this? You know, I'm here. And then, you know, I catch myself and I keep myself balanced here because you're not your body and you're not your mind. So who are you? And that's what I help people to understand. Mm-hmm. What do you think about on your side, incorporating all these different funky, fancy techniques to help people? It's definitely risky. I think that, you know, I come from a very traditional background, traditional educational background. And, you know, I really, I really believe in people and and believing and tapping into our humanity. And when I met Leo, I felt very genuine and not only, you know, from him that he has a big heart, but in the work that he did, it, it was felt right away. 
I think that if people experience this, they won't doubt us. And of course, there's going to be haters. And of course, there's going to be people who Always. we're not for. Yeah. And I respect that. And I think that we really try to focus on the little community that we're creating that respects us, that honors us. And we do so in, in exchange. So what's like a recommended dosage, if you will, of the one two punch? So like, let's say mm. and obviously everyone's different. Everyone's a different level of stages of healing, acceptance, all of that. Right. Like, does somebody come to you on a Monday and then sees him on a Thursday? Is it a once a week, once a month, biweekly, as needed? What would you recommend from the average person that comes in? Well, I think that it definitely is, is going to be very unique for everybody's situation. I think that resources play a role in that as well. I think on an average, at least once a month seeing Leo and at least seeing a therapist maybe every two weeks on a biweekly basis. If things are kind of handled and taken care of, maybe just kind of pushing that back to, you know, once a month as well. But I don't think that there's anything wrong with having a space and time to reflect for ourselves. I think that it's an investment in our healing and it's an investment in our self-care, which keeps us doing our mission, right? Because we all have a mission here. We all have a purpose. And how do we maintain ourselves in order to do so? Do you guys ever let your personal work your business work, however you want to call it, impact your personal relationship or life where you guys have disagreements on something? Well, that was the first thing that we discussed before into going to partnership together. You know, it's like we, we cannot bring this home. You know, whatever happens, we keep it at the office and we handle it at the office. So, so far, we haven't had problems with that. Plus, we're helping people and we enjoy helping people. So it's not like, you know, it's like we're doing taxes. I got you. I would say that, you know, I think the work really grounds us, you know, I think that our mission to help people and, and what we've been able to do so far always trumps any petty arguments, any any issues between us, because we're not perfect. And we're definitely learning this as we go. But we, we, we pledge to really not allow the day to go by if we're having an argument and an issue that we're not reconciling that. And it's because we have a duty but you know? it seems like almost at the end of the day, you probably like when the door finally closes and you lock it, you're probably both like exhausted and drained and like, ah, like now I could breathe. Right. Because now you're kind of back in your own safe place, no outside energies, mm. but you've given a lot of what you've got inside. Right. In order to help these other people that need it. Leo has a lot of energy. Yeah, I, I don't stop. Man. <laughs> he has, like, he has non, a lot of non excess non energy. Literally, non -stop. Oh, oh, he is. Yeah, I don't on. sleep. Like I could go to sleep at two in the morning. I'm up at five Have ready you to go. Been that way? Always been like that. Mm -hmm. Always. It's, mm -hmm. that, it was actually worse when I was younger. I, I would go days without sleeping, really? and, and I was fine. And I was fine. Like I just, I don't stress life too much. Not even when I was in my darkest times, I just didn't care. And it's because my upbringing was pretty much me like on a farm by myself. So nobody told me was right, was wrong. So I created my own idea of life. So after seven, your mind is already, your personality is created. So when people tell me something doesn't match my reality, mm -hmm. I don't entertain it. So it's like, oh, you don't like me. All right. I'm used to being by myself. I don't need you to like me. And my detachment from people mm. has made me really strong because Valuable. I'm not I'm not affected by anyone and I'm always in a good mood. So I'm always checking myself. I'm in a great mood. We're here. We're in this podcast. We're great. So if somebody walks in here and I feel sad or angry, I know that that's the way he feels. Mm -hmm. So now as, as a healer. I'm going to send them positive energy and try to interact with him so that I can help him feel better because you're stinking up the place with your negative energy. So I'm going to give <laughs> yeah. you my positive yeah. energy. 
And, you know, it's like feeding the homeless. It's like, here, go eat, don't be here. And it's helping people less fortunate than you because I feel good. I understand why I feel good and how to do it. It's work. It's not like I wake up, you know. No, it's like I think positive thoughts. I do positive things and I make a habit of them so that that's my way of life and I'm always in a good mood. What do you do when she texts you and breaks your balls? I'm, I, I, she's a female. I know she breaks your tries. At Listen, least. man, women will be women, but we, oh we, we, my goodness! But we gotta love them, you know, like you, you know, gotta like, love them. That's right. Her Unconditional good, love. Her good qualities overdo the, the, you know, the little petty thing, and it's things that you know, men and women are always gonna conflict. Women are just the way they are. You know, they're like our alarm system. So, like, you know, if we tell them that we're gonna do something. <laughs> Five years ago, yeah. they'll be like, five years ago, you said we were going to do something today. And it's like, they really don't understand that. We don't remember. We're on right. top of it. Right. So, so yeah, but no, we don't, we don't really have big problems, just petty stuff, you know? Talk about the dynamic from your experience of like the difference between male and female from like literally how you perceive it and how you understand it. I think people really need to hear about that because we talk all the time and like, I like to think he's more of a man than I am, right? Because that's just where it is. Mm-hmm. It's a fact of the fact, Right. And, like, men like being with men, right? Like, men don't like being with little boys or little mm-hmm. girls or mm-hmm. bitches. You know what I mean? Like, like be a man. Man up, right? Oh and then, no, I'll be honest with you, right? And then, like, a, a strong woman would probably want to be with another strong woman. Like you don't see a strong woman unless she's, like, fakely and securely mm-hmm. dominant being mm-hmm. with someone like sheep, right? Mm-hmm. So explain how men and women are so different mm-hmm. and then how they are supposed to or ideally would interact like what are the biggest things that people conflict on well i guess i will share a little bit of my personal experience but i, I grew up predominantly raised by strong independent women quote unquote and i think that it really did a disservice to me as a young girl because i didn't really know how to interact with the opposite sex or appreciate or respect oh, right or understand the value um that that men can bring into my life and I'm sure so, vice versa with men too they've experienced i'm that. sure yeah. i'm sure and and so you know the last you know i think in the beginning of my social work career and in the beginning of me opening a private practice i realized that there was an imbalance in the way that i was thinking and that i really my my journey began in really kind of integrating and balancing myself where it's like okay I know that men are valuable. I know that women and men relationships are very valuable, that we're here to support each other. And so I think it's very easy today to get caught up in the independent woman, you know, going very, very left into this kind of feminist disgusting, mindset. But but I believe more in, fem- in, in femininity because that's divine. Right, that's right. our design, right? Versus a man-made feminist, you know, concept. And, and you know, that's, that could be problematic for some people. But I'm, I, you know, Leo knows I have... A lot of girlfriends, like I was raised by women. I love women. I I honor us. I support us. I run women groups, support groups. And I realized that I was my own worst enemy when it came to women because I was I was very judgmental. I was very nasty and and not outwardly. You know, this was an internal struggle. And once I learned that that was happening, I'm like, wow, no wonder we hate us so much. Hmm. Like this is a really messed up conditioning. And so my goal was to love on myself more, to love us as women, unconditionally love us, and then also to repair what I was missing in terms of having men do what men do for for me, right? Which is, you know, could be very helpful. And so it was, it was awesome because when I met Leo, I was in a place where I was really inviting, you know, friendships with men and, and really just wanting to... Was she, to was she overly inviting? Heal that. <laughs> I was very open to creating healthy relationships with men. 
super valuable. And more so because I was I was in private practice and I'm like, I need to be able to really work on this mindset because it's going to be important for others that I work with. Yeah, I think that's so, so important. I think like anything, most people do go far left on most things and there's got to be a deeper reason for that. So I'm very aware and mm-hmm. conscious and mm-hmm. respectful of that. Where I think the problem lies is where like women cut all men out, right? So like, there have been women groups that are like, fuck men, we hate men. And I'm like, wait, I'm like, I support you. I send you business. You're sitting over here saying, fuck men. And I know, I'm like, I know I'm one of your biggest referral sources, you know? So like, mm-hmm. don't say fuck men, say, hey, fuck men that X, right. Y, and Z, right. you know? Because I know Jeff's over here. Jeff just sent me five deals and you've done nothing for me. You know what I mean? And right. I think like that's kind of where, look, I think everyone wants to fit in. Everyone wants a group and everyone wants power. When you put insecure people together with a painful past, you get kind of like an ugly outcome, mm-hmm. right? Because now it becomes mm-hmm. the opposite of forward thinking versus like reliving painful past moments. And I think that people really need to adjust and adapt on that and like change the focus and the mission. Mm-hmm. Right, you know? right. So as we close up the show, we leave each listener with one thing to implement through daily life to deposit that to their brain, their memory bank. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start with you, you know, women first, obviously. Always, <laughs> We're opening the door for you and then Leo will close it up. I would say that, Really understanding that, you know, our mental health is really something that we can take care of on a daily basis. You know, just like people are told to take medication, right, every single day at the same time. There are practices that are important, rituals that'll keep us sane. And I just want to say that, you know, if we can find that one thing that we can honor and and do for ourselves on a daily basis, it would help tremendously in our healing. Close it up. What do you got for For us? For me, it's always the same message compassion and forgiveness. (laughs) Forgiveness is your shield against the negative and the wrong that is done to you. Compassion is your sword to fight back because when you show people love back, you automatically disarm them. They can't do no more evil to you. So compassion and forgiveness will set you free from anything. So if you can just remember that and practice that, you will live good in anything that you do. Two things before we close up. Two questions. When's the last time you stole a bike? (laughs) <laughs> that was actually the last time that was First actually the last time and do you ever catch yourself wanting to hurt somebody based oh on no, 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 no 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 my, my hands are for healing now mm. yeah yeah mm. interesting well i hope you guys all enjoyed the show thanks so much for coming in the pleasure knowing you guys being friends Thank with you so guys much. thanks so much you know Thank for you everything for you do us. for me and everyone else i associate with and uh i hope you get a ton of business from this Thank, Thank you, you.